Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's brand new Flyers Daily for Friday, December 9th. Oh, we're creeping closer and closer to Christmas. I have not got my shopping done. Um, we're going to get into a Flyers Vegas preview. We're going to get some, some Flyers Twitter questions on this episode as well. Real quick, though, I just want to mention something before we get started, if you will. Cam York was recalled. We'll get into that. Um, but one thing I want to mention, I had a chance to yesterday to visit with the guys from Nasty Knuckles, Derek Settlemeyer and uh, with Riley Cote. And we did kind of a joint episode with Nasty Knuckles and my Stick to Hockey Live show. And I've been listening to a ton of podcasts lately. Now, a lot of times, because I obviously do a hockey podcast and several hockey podcasts, and I think we've done over 800 episodes of this one so far. Sometimes hockey's not the area that I go to to listen to as a podcast because I just kind of want to get away from hockey. So I'll listen to podcasts about Formula One. I got big on true crime podcasts at one point. I listen to, this is totally nerdy, but I listen to podcasts about chess, <laughs> um, all kinds of different things. Um, but I will say, in visiting with those guys yesterday with with Riles and with Nasty, that and listening to some hockey podcasts of late, I've had some good healthy drives of late too where I like to listen to podcasts by myself. Man, we've got some really good hockey content and hockey podcasting, on-demand hockey content um, in this city, surrounding the Flyers and everything that goes with it. I listen to a ton of them, and I'm not going to list them all off here because I'll forget somebody and it'll come off as a slight, and it's not a slight. Um, you know, you, different podcasts have different, they have a different mission statement. You guys kind of know what mine is on this podcast. It's to remain level-headed, try and remove emotion, sometimes better said than done, and analyze and have conversations and real conversations and go back and forth with the audience and everything else. And as a guy that worked in this city in broadcasting and in radio and in sports radio for over 20 years, I was so disappointed in sports radio and how they turned to back on the sport and everything became about the football team all the time. And so many of the radio announcers in this town, you know, want to comment on the team and they do it in a half educated way because they're in sports radio and they're not supposed to talk about it anymore. Somebody told them that. I think that's the biggest load of BS in the world. I don't I think the reason why sports radio doesn't talk about the Flyers in this city is because sports radio is not capable of talking about the Flyers or the game of hockey. And that's a shirk in their own responsibility of their job as sports radio host. I didn't come on to give a whole bully pulpit thing on sports radio because I think that that's gone so far south and I think on demand and podcast content is where it is, which is why I am thrilled to be doing what I do. The fact that I get to do and vent and have a therapy session every day on this podcast during the season. Like I said, it's been almost three years now that we started this. We have over 800 episodes. This podcast rates right at the top, top 10 in the U.S. on the Apple iTunes hockey charts all the time. Does great globally. I get emails and DMs from, I got a guy, I will, I'll have to get to it, but from a guy in Siberia last week. We get them from Finland, from Sweden, all over Canada, Brazil. I get them from Africa, Australia, New Zealand. The reach is incredible. But I just want to say 
that and listening to a bunch of the different hockey and Flyers related podcasts that come out of our geographic area of Philadelphia here, we are blessed because there are some great ones. Some really, there's some that I like more than others. There's some that I have to be in the mood to listen to that one in a certain day. But I will just tell you that there's a lot of great podcasts out there, which probably should get me off my rear end to do the Podcasters Roundtable, the Flyers Podcasters Roundtable again that I did a couple of years ago at Bullies. Um, it was the year that Dave Haxtall got fired, so I think it was 2018. Uh, Scott Gordon was the interim coach, and he had come over and sat in with us. Um, we had about, I kind of think, like 16 or 18 different uh, personalities from different Flyers podcasts there for it. It was a great day. So we'll have to get that together again. Uh, I'll have to come up with a timeline and work with appropriate people to do that, but it's definitely something that we should do. Um, but anyway, Flyers Vegas tonight. I went on long enough about the podcasting. Uh, Flyers Vegas tonight in Vegas. It's Vegas, baby. And the Flyers facing a very good team to start out this four-game road trip. Now, the road trip's going to consist of Vegas tonight at 10, uh, Arizona coming up on Sunday, 7 o'clock. Then they're going to go off to Colorado on Tuesday night for a 9 o'clock game, and they're going to work their way back east to take on the Devils as the fourth leg of the trip, 7 o'clock at the Prudential Center on the 15th, and then return home a week from tomorrow against the New York Rangers at Wells Fargo and the Columbus Blue Jackets on the 20th. And then they're going to head on a long road trip to wrap up the calendar year. But it's Flyers in Vegas tonight. Now, let's talk about Vegas because Vegas is a team – that, you know, obviously they came into the league and took the league by storm, going to a Stanley Cup final in their first year. And they've kind of rebuilt a couple of times on the fly uh, to keep things fresh there in Vegas. And they're back in what looks like a pretty prime position. They're obviously in a good position in their division. They're sitting in the top spot of the Pacific Division of the Western Conference. They've played 28 games. They are 19-8-1, 5-4-1 in their last 10. They did lose their last game, plus 19 in goal differential. And they are six points up on the Seattle Kraken, who actually have the second spot in the Pacific. Whoever thought you would see a day where you'd see, think about this five years ago. If I said, oh, the Pacific Division in the Western Conference, it's the Golden Knights leading the Kraken. Those are the first two spots. You go, who the heck are you talking about? The Kraken are the second spot. They're six points back, but Seattle's got three games in hand as well. Uh, then it's the Kings, Oilers, Flames, Canucks, Sharks, and Anaheim Ducks with just 17 Points. Flyers 23 points on the season, 27 games played, 9, 13, and 5. They are 2, 6, and 2 in their last 10, lost their last one, and minus 24 in gold differential. Vegas, fourth ranked team in the NHL in points percentage, only behind Boston, New Jersey, and Toronto. And when it comes to goals four for games played, uh, they're pretty up there as well. The, the Vegas Golden Knights right now uh, certainly putting the puck in the net with much more frequency than the Flyers. 3.32 goals per game, per game. That is 12th in the NHL. And the Flyers, 32nd in the league. 2.41 goals per game. Only one goal in their last game. Uh, the only teams even close, you look at Chicago as uh, 31st ranked at 2.44 and the Anaheim Ducks at 2.48. We'll see Anaheim coming up on this trip as well. But Vegas, you know, Robin Lehner out for the year. Marc-Andre Fleury no longer there is goaltending going to be an Achilles heel for the Vegas Golden Knights. That was a big question going into the season. Matt, it's still a question now. Can they get good enough goaltending to hold up, and can they get playoff-style goaltending? Well, they're giving up 2.71 goals per game. They've done a really nice job transitioning from the Flurry and Laner era, not that the Laner one is over, 
to sixth in the NHL, giving up the sixth fewest goals in the league right now. But again, is that sustainable? Power plays clicking at 22.5%, PK at 73.3%. Who leads the way for the Vegas Golden Knights? Who's the leading scorer? Who are the threats when they jump over the boards? Well, the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, when they were built and the original expansion draft, they were a team that was maybe not a top, they didn't have a top, like elite number one offensive line. It seemed to me like they had three number two lines, just the way things worked out. But obviously the trade of Jack Eichel's made a big difference. They have a marquee player to put on the marquee in a marquee city. 26 games played for Eichel, 13 goals, 16 assists, 29 points. Chandler Stevenson, another good depth center here. I mean, when you've got the centers of Eichel, Stevenson, and Shea Theodore, then you're... Well, Theodore's the defenseman. When you've got the center depth of Eichel and Chandler Stevenson, and they're your two leading point guys, that's a good way, good place to start. Uh, Chandler Stevenson, 28 games played, six goals, 16 assists, 22 points. And on that blue line, Shea Theodore has got 22 points as well, four of those goals. And Mark Stone, fantastic two way winger. You don't hear that very often. Usually, well, two way center. He's a 200 foot center. He's a Selkie. Well, Stone's a guy that was considered for Selkie consideration. As a winger, not many times wingers even get considered, uh, but a very good player. 28 games played for Mark Stone, 9 goals, 12 assists, 21 points. Petrangelo up there as well, big D acquisition for them a couple of years ago. Also has 21 points, and Jonathan March. So you see a lot of guys in that above 20-point range. I mean, you've got March, Petrangelo, Stone, Shea Theodore, Chandler Stevenson, and Jack Eichel. You've got, I mean, that's a lot of players over 20 points with just 28 games played. So they're a team that's got some good depth and a team that uh, is certainly going to challenge the Flyers in the first game of this road trip. So Flyers in Vegas coming up tonight. Let's get to a couple Twitter questions. I took up a lot of time already. Uh, But one of the big things that took place yesterday was we got the note from Flyers general manager and president uh, Chuck Fletcher that the Flyers made a transaction. I was a little surprised to see it, to be honest with you. I wasn't expecting this, uh, but the Flyers recalled defenseman Cam York from Lehigh Valley of the AHL and reassigned defenseman Yegor Zamula to the Phantoms. And I'm going, hmm, that's interesting. We just heard Tort say that they wanted to develop a D-man here. Zamula was here. They're going to let him cut his teeth. I know in that Tampa game, he was he looked really overwhelmed in that game and hasn't played since that game. And you know, Cam York's going to get a look now. I'm not sure if he's going to be in the lineup coming up tonight in Vegas. I'm not sure if you're going to scratch Justin Braun or uh, how they're going to put the D pairs together. I could see him playing on the left side on the third pair with a guy like Nick Sealer. Um, or I could see him playing on that third pair with a guy like Justin Braun. I think you're probably going to keep the... Well, I'm not keeping the top two pairs the same because if you're changing out on the bottom pair... Then Tony D'Angelo is moving up. So does D'Angelo go and play with Sanheim and risk the line and stay with Provorov? I don't know. There'll be some interesting decisions there. We'll see if uh, Cam is in the lineup tonight. He's played 33 NHL games in total. He's got three goals and seven assists and 10 points. And this year with the Phantoms, he's played in 20 games. He's got three goals, 10 points, or three goals, 10 assists, rather, and 13 points uh, so far in those 20 games. From what I understand, talking to some people, he's had some really good stretches of play but there's still some areas that he needs to work on I from what I hear still needs to be a little assertive in his play um, but sometimes again I think he's a weird guy to judge 
because he's so smooth and so chill that sometimes we mistake that smoothness and that cool demeanor for lack of effort. So we'll see if he's in the lineup tonight, and then it'll be uh, an interesting dynamic if he is. So let's get to our Twitter questions. Jared tweets in, J-B-P-H-I, great tweeter to the program. He says, uh, do the Flyers have more left-handed D than right-handed D? Uh, They do have more left-handed than right-handed, but do they have a logjam on the left side? Zamula has played both sides this year, but York has been exclusively on the left in the AHL, despite playing some right-handed D on the first pair last season. Should they revisit York on his offside? And then he gives the depth charts. The left-handed D, depth chart for the Flyers, Pro Roth, Sandheim, Sealer, Zamula, and York. Right-handed D, Tony D'Angelo, Rasmus Ristolainen, Justin Braun, and Rodney Adderd. And obviously, two expiring contracts in there are Nick Sealer and Justin Braun. Um, you know, I would prefer York to play on the left side because I think that is a big adjustment. Although, it's like Jared's right. You know, when Cam York came up last year, Granted, these games weren't they weren't playing for anything. They're playing out the string. But I didn't think that he looked overwhelmed by playing on the right side. You know, it is a different way to deal with rushes because of your where your stick is. If you're on a, if you're a left-handed D and obviously a left-hand shot, stick is to the outside of the ice. If you're a left-handed D and you're playing on the right side, your stick is in the middle of the ice. You take rims differently. There's a lot that's you know, different about it. Not not only that, but the muscle memory of opening up the hips and turning on a player that's attacking you. So I would prefer him to play on his left side, but in this season, I'd prefer to look at everything. So um, we'll see if they do that, if he does get some right side time or not. But I'm excited to see him again because I think they have a lot tied up in Cam York. And sure, Cole Caulfield, who they passed on twice and eventually took or took York and then Bobby Brink in the second round with the, the currency that they got for moving back, you know, Brink's hurt and York's in the AHL. Now, D do take longer to develop than a winger, but Caulfield also does possess a skill that the Flyers sorely need, and that's scoring. And he's a shooter. So um, I'd like to see more of Cam York sooner rather than later as well. Derek Flylander uh, tweets in and says, is this basically Cam's audition to be part of this group moving forward? He said, you have to believe Fletcher is pressing towards here because if he can't fit the standard, then he's certainly a trade ship they need to leverage somehow. Sucks to have that much pressure on him at this stage in his career. If he's not a torts guy, he's being wasted on this team and you need to maximize ROI, the return on investment. I, you know, I think this is obviously part of the equation. Torts has said it a thousand times that this is an assessment period for everybody. And I think it's even an assessment period for guys that aren't here. But when you get here, like Cam York is being called up now, then the assessment period goes into hyperdrive. So, yeah, I think that this is absolutely a part of it. And Cam York's in the same boat as a lot of young players here. Let's just be honest. There's a lot of young players here. They are carrying really large question marks on the back of their jersey. Cam York's got one. Morgan Frost has one. Joel Farabee, who's been here a couple of years, has Everybody has one. So, you know, getting answers to those big question marks, I think, is paramount. Uh, Alex Arid says, I might be mistaken, but wasn't towards comments about, he says, Zamboanga, but I think he meant Zamula, uh, that he was getting called up to make mistakes and start developing at the NHL. Why the sudden change of heart? It's a good question, Alex, that I don't know the answer to. Other than 
my best educated guess, maybe the coaching staff management thought that he looked a little too overwhelmed um, in some of the recent performances at the NHL level, therefore saying maybe he could use a little more time in the AHL. Because you don't want the guy to come up here and just get burned and turnstiled and, you know, just get damaged. You don't want that. That doesn't do you or the player any good. Um, last one, Eric tweets in, Big E. What's up, Big E? He says, the York move, is that more of an audition for NHL GMs than it is for torts? I think it's both. I don't know if it, how much of it is for other GMs, but I think that plays into it. But you have to figure out what you have in the player first before you figure out if he's part of your solution, he's part of your group going forward. So, um, again, we'll see if Cam's in the lineup coming up tonight in Vegas. I'm intrigued. I hope he is. And we'll see where it goes from there. We'll assess it. We'll break down the game. We'll do it all tomorrow. And uh, we'll do that on another brand new episode of Flyers Daily. So, yeah, late night Flyers after dark hockey tonight. 10 o'clock puck drop in Vegas. So, enjoy your hockey tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new edition of Flyers Daily. Street on the street Oh, it's kicking everything with his feet, with his feet